You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature. In our car feature for today, we are talking about what is it that you need to know about scrapping an old or damaged car. Guys, just drive through the township and you will see in so many houses there is that old beaten up car. It's probably sitting on bricks. And then when you ask up, it just is there. It's actually become part of the the outside decor. It's sitting. Why? Because it just is too expensive to fix or doesn't make sense. The engine has died. But what do you do with a car like that? Can you get rid of it? Can you get any money from it? What is the safe? What is the legal thing to do? Now, we did extend an invite to JMPD spokesperson to join us. Unfortunately, he is no longer available because we did want to have that part of um, oh, that, that angle in this conversation included. But what we do have is Jacob Mushuka with oh, us. How's it? How's Hi, it? Jacob. <laughs> as well as Stefan Rutter, who is Director of Auto Parts Services in Boysons, and Errol Levin, Chief Operating Officer at Auction Nation. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Now, Jacob, I need to ask from you, because this conversation was actually inspired by a caller. Yeah, um, yeah couple of months ago that was asking the question we also i think it was part of a car feature discussion where we were discussing uh, the fact that you could be buying a car not even aware that it's got scrap parts that should have never made or it's almost like a scrap car that just got glued together and yes. now is on the road yes right yeah but why is this conversation important if i'm like i don't have a car sitting but we all know somebody who's got a car just sitting there Gathering dust, doing nothing. Maybe the kids play in it and they pr- pretend to drive, but it does nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this is an ongoing thing. And because I'm in the car circles, I've seen it a lot of times. I mean, when that guy called here, he called here to, for looking for a valuation on, yes. his, on his BMW E46 that hasn't been driven in like months <laughs> or years. Um, and he said, okay. I want to sell it for scrap. I want to sell it yes. for parts. Where do I go? And the unfortunate thing was I actually didn't know where to go. And then there's a different scenario. I know of a friend of a friend, his cousin wrote off his Polo TSI um, mm-hmm. after canceling the insurance. Uh, oh, it's, it's financed by the bank, by the way. It's financed by the oh. bank. A year into owning the car, he cancels the insurance. And then um, two years later, he has an accident. And he's like, the car's written off. I don't know what to do. I towed it yeah. home. But now what do I do? Mind you, he's still paying his installments with, um, with the financier. And unfortunately, he's not using it's the not car. It's not installments. He's paying school fees for life. Life school fees. <laughs> that's, so, what, that's what he's paying for. So I figured when we had the conversation, you said, look, Jacob, we should do a bit of research in this. Yes. Let's speak to people who are in the know. And I think just both guys here in the studio are respected in their industries. And I think at the end of the day, I want people to leave with thinking, um, at least I know what to do if I'm in a similar situation. Mm. Or I know somebody in a similar mm. situation. Mind you, the guy with the Polo TSI, I, d- I don't know what I'm going to do. And I think yeah. the plan now is to or- already organize um, with, with Mr. Lavinia on how um, Auction Nation can possibly get in and, yes. and do what they can do, provided... Um, they can pay the shortfall, provided mm. uh, the, the settlement is not too much. Yes. So, so I mean, we, we're assuming, right, that a person sitting with a vehicle, that it's dead. And then when they just ask for interest, sake, how much it is to fix, it is the same as practically buying a brand new car. So they end up just leaving it there. So, gents, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start on this side. 
how often do you see this scenario of cars just sitting doing nothing because a person thinks they are of no value because they're not moving, but they actually do have some value? So unfortunately, uh, in the industry over here, a lot of vehicles are cancelled with uh, insurance cover and they're all written off and no one knows what to do. Uh, I was a little bit taken aback when Jacob said, guys aren't Googling, sell your damaged vehicle. Yeah, so he's surprised. A lot of marketing on our side to actually purchase vehicles. I think people vehicles. don't know because mm. the option is how do I fix it to get it moving? And then they say you can't. And then everybody thinks that's the end. Yeah, that's that's. Well, I don't point. always think uh, they can't fix it. Uh, they might not have the funds to fix yes. it. So on our side over here, we've got a great algorithm. When I say an algorithm, we've got a pricing model that works out what your vehicle's worth in the condition it is. So remember, we've been in business 10 years, Auction Nation, and uh, we built a fantastic artificial intelligent algorithm model, and it works on market conditions. Guys can load their vehicles through our website at selljourdamagecar.co.za, or they can WhatsApp us, and we'll make an offer directly to them. When we make an offer, we'll pay them instantly, we'll tow the vehicle to us, Mm. and we'll sell the vehicle. And on that other subject, if the vehicle was financed, like Jacob's friend on the Polar, we'll actually have a chat to the bank as well. And uh, the client, if the client accepts our offer, we'll go back to the bank. Oh. We'll tell them this is our offer. They're going to be paying the installments. We can at least reduce the installments, and they'll do an unsecured loan for the client. So the bank benefits. They're going to get a portion of the money back. Mm. The client's in a better position because they're going to reduce their installments on a monthly basis as well. And the headache is actually gone. And, and th- the question then that I think we should ask him um, is, By him, you mean Stefan? Uh, so, no, I mean I'm still on Errol. <laughs> okay, it's it's the Errol, it's the paperwork yes. part. Yes. What happens with the paperwork? Mm. How do you go about scrapping a car that you bought that was smashed, um, but it's is still financed by the bank? Well, I think we have to look at what uh, condition the vehicle is in first. Mm. So we've got certain codes on our side. There's a code two. Any code two is a used vehicle. So the majority of vehicles we sell and vehicles that are written off are code twos. Then we get to a code three, which is a rebuild car. Mm. That's always going to have a rebuild mark on it. Most banks aren't going to finance the cars. And then we get the, a code. Are, are those the ones that were glued back together? To well, they the glued back if they're done <laughs> on the side of the road. But reputable dealers can still fix it fairly yes. well. But the majority of the cars over here are uneconomical to repair. So mm. remember, they're not written off vehicles. Mm. So the guys might not have funds, but the majority of the cars, code twos, a used vehicle, can be fixed to normal manufacturing conditions. But I have to ask a question of you, Stefan. So I had a Ford Focus that I refused to let go of because I was loving not having car installments anymore. And then one day, to my family's joy and delight, I was in a car accident. (laughs) (laughs) So now, then they told me it's a write-off. So it was like, okay, cool. It's a write-off. Did the whole process with insurance and everything got sorted out. Lo and behold, maybe eight months later, my brother sees my car, same number plate in Pretoria, takes a picture, and it was the, the most trippy thing to see. So why is it a write-off if it can get fixed and built up? It, why does, why does, like, who decides it's a write-off if it could have been fixed? Or does the write-off come from insurance saying it doesn't make financial sense yeah. for us to fix it so we are writing it off? Maybe help us understand what does the term write-off actually mean? So maybe let me jump in over here. Obviously, yes. we do the majority of all insured vehicles. We auction them off. We do over 5,000 vehicles a month through mm. Auction Nation, 200 vehicles every single day live. Vehicles are written off because they're uneconomical to repair. 
Remember? So there's no such thing as an irreparable vehicle. Well, if you're looking at a Code 3, <laughs> maybe, and a Code 4, that's irreparable. You're yes. never going to get the papers. But when insurance companies write the vehicle off, the majority of the time it's uneconomical to repair. Okay. So they're going through a putable panel shop where the labor rates are very high, the parts are brand new, and mm. this is where uh, Steph comes in on his side, and you can buy second-hand parts from reputable scrapyards. Mm. And so, Steph, then the question lies, how do you get your parts? Do people come with cars that are stitched together like Rilebukele <laughs> mentioned? And what do you say to a customer who comes with a cheaply fixed car? So if they um, come to us uh, with a cheaply fixed vehicle, so one, they're either looking for, for used parts to either fix that vehicle. Mm. So that car's you know, potentially been written off. It goes through the insurance process, goes to aerial at auctionation. Um, the vehicle... Um, obviously gets sold to another buyer that repairs that vehicle. Yeah. So they either have access to, to used spares or they'll come to a, a parts dealer like ourselves, look for the parts, we can supply them and they will go fix the car. So, so sometimes it's better to come to you for parts instead of coming and bringing the car for you to buy. Correct, correct. That kind of makes sense. But then the situation we had at Lebuchilio was the guy wanted um, to sell his car in parts. Mm. So, yes, so, yes. So the better option then would have been for him to rather sell his car to you in parts. Do you buy parts? We, we tend to stay away from buying parts because you can't trace the, the history of, of the part itself. Ah. Okay, so we obviously have rules uh, and regulations. Unless you bring the car and say, tell me what parts you can yeah. buy from this and here's the logbook. Yeah. So but I can't walk in with just a gearbox. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And do you get that? <laughs> no, we do get that. So obviously buying the vehicle that's that's first price because okay. we can uh, do a history check, nature's history check on the vehicle, um, make sure the vehicle's hundred percent. There's no stolen marks. License yeah. fees are up to date. If we're happy with that, we'll make an off on the vehicle and we'll break it for spares ourselves. Ah, okay, that sort of makes sense. Well, I guess. Jacob, as you mentioned, yeah, we got to sell your damaged car. Where they can load it online. Someone will contact you immediately. They'll make you an offer immediately, and we'll collect the vehicle through a tow truck immediately and deliver it to one of our branches. What if the car's got like blood in it because it was in Good an question. accident? We've got cleaning services that will clean the vehicle. We don't have to worry about that. We're here to help the client at the end of the day. Remember, they stuck with a the vehicle they can't repair. Mm. They've got installments, or they've got no additional cash flow. Rather sell your vehicle that's sitting in your back of your yard. As long as the papers check out, we'll collect the vehicle. We'll do an EFT into your account. So what if because now we're exposing a whole lot of callers to something they may not have known anything about. Mm. And I encourage you, if you've got any questions for any of our guests, 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. Somebody now is listening and they're like, yo, my father's got this old, old whatever, skadonk sitting in the yard. There are no papers, but it's just been there. I didn't even know we could do this. What options are available for people that don't have papers? Because back in the day, maybe it wasn't registered. It was just one of those where well, I'm paying for this. Now it's the uncle's car. Now they're the kid that is the one that's inherited everything. So obviously we'll help you with all the paperwork going through. If there are no natives papers or logbook, as you mentioned on your side over here, We'll go through the paperwork, or if you've got an old logbook that isn't the traditional new natus, mm. we'll assist you through the whole process. It's a very easy process, and the whole thing is to take any stress away from you and at least give you additional funds in your pocket that you never had before. We'll buy any car. Remember, there's a buyer out there for everything. 
Uh, do you know how scary it is that there is a buyer out there for, for everything? everything? <laughs> That's the scary part. Here's another question that yes. I think is worth asking. Um, have you ever had, Steph, somebody come in there and try and sell you a, a stolen car? And, and what are the checks and balances that you go through to check if the car isn't stolen? Have you had a situation, first of all? No, no, we haven't. If the luckily. ignition is half there, then it's a stolen car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so luckily we haven't had, had that situation yet. Yeah. Um, but... When when the client comes in to sell their vehicle, obviously we'll take the the VIN number, we'll run that on the NATO system. Mm. Okay. Then there's a couple of forms you get. You get a one six four form, a CA thirteen, so it's a query. So it's got every transaction that's ever happened on the vehicle at the license department. Okay. Um, you can then confirm the engine number, that it actually matches the the engine number on the vehicle itself. Um, you can see the status if there's been a, a police mark, admin mark. And then if that all checks out that that vehicle is clear, then we will proceed to make an offer. But do you tell a person, so if I come and I'm like, hey, I've got this car, and you're now, do you say, hey, this, this part doesn't match, the engine doesn't match the car, you know, do you come and tell me or do you call the police first without me being like, hold up, I didn't know anything? Yeah. No, obviously you give them the benefits of the doubt. So you tell them, you give them upfront, you give them the information and then they need to go and try to sort it out. If it is legitimate and it maybe had an engine change before with the paperwork that wasn't done correctly, we can look at that, make sure that that engine number is not flagged and we can assist. Wow. Are, are there dodgy dealerships out there though, Jacob? I mean, you, I know you're in this um, space. Yeah. And dodgy dealerships that wouldn't pass these two checks and balances. I, I guarantee you, there definitely are. Um, there's always that, especially you see how people tweet like, ah, no, how can you buy a Ford Focus for 150,000 Rand? Aren't they selling it for 100,000 or 80,000 there <laughs> in, in downtown Joburg? You know what I mean? You, you hear about these situations all the time. So I, I'm not surprised at all when I hear situations like this. And it's nice to hear that the checks and balances with reputable companies actually mm. exist. Can we talk for a moment about the black market? What do you know about the black scrap? car parts market that people should be aware of because i mean i don't ever think i've seen a scrapyard in my life i see them in movies all the time horror movies where dodgy things are happening and then cars get squashed squashed into little blocks like what should we know about the black market and maybe scrapyards as well well when you mention the black market over here it's a reputable industry the scrapyards Scrap so, so, sorry, two separate questions. <laughs> the black market and then also scrapyards that we need to know about because they are the ones that maybe are doing things underground. Fully agree. Yeah. Obviously, everyone's going to try and take advantage of any client they can see. And as Steph mentioned, they have to do their checks on the vehicles to make sure the parts aren't stolen. That's a massive concern in this country. Mm. The same thing with clients uh, not knowing that the vehicle's being cloned and you think that the vehicle's stolen and it's not. Uh, internal inefficiencies with our government. Wait, help me understand the cloning thing. Because I've only heard of like, they can clone your plate, but can they clone anything else? I'll, I'll give you the, the easy term. Listen to this. You and I both drive Golf 6 GTIs. Yes. Right? You yes. have a white one. Yes. You stay in Pretoria. Yes. I have a white one, which is the dodgy one. Yes. I stay in Joburg South. Yes. Right? I make sure that car just stays around the areas of Joburg South. It has your number plate. Because you know. Because you I know. Okay. Yeah. It has your number plate. It has your disc. It even has your VIN number that <gasps> we sort of tagged on the car. Even the e-natus paper is a fake e-natus paper. The only time I would run into trouble is if I sell the car to a normal guy like Abel. 
And Abel goes a year later to go renew his license. Just they say, hey, Baba, this car is not the right car. Something's going on here. Because the real owner came to get their license disc a week ago. So, you know, when I knew about that, it was during um, the fight for e-tolls where, mm. you know, you'd get a statement and shows a picture. Yes. And then a person would be like, that's my car. That's my plate. But that's not me. I don't drive there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like they can actually see some sometimes in the pictures you could see if it's like a short male figure and you're like, but I'm a woman. Like. So I didn't even know that that's a whole thing. Yeah, well, Errol, a how do you issue. deal with that, with a, with a fake e-natus papers? Well, obviously, we have to check that it is the latest uh, natus paper before we purchase a vehicle. And you'll see that it was registered. And what you're saying, it's uh, a fake copy. It's not a fake copy. It's done internally where they actually pulled out the natus paper on someone else's vehicle, and you just don't have the latest natus. Wow. So uh, this becomes a massive issue on our side. Uh, a quick question coming through. Lemkhile, does Auction Nation work nationally? I've got a non-runner in Polukwane that I'm looking to sell, an MG Rover. 100%. We work nationally. We've got yards across the country in South Africa. All uh, she has to do is log on and go to sell your damaged car, load your details, and one of my agents will contact her. Ask her to upload a couple of images, one or two quick questions, and we'll be able to close the deal by the end of today. Um, back to the black market, what are you seeing are common traps that innocent people fall into? So I think more commonly on this side would be purchasing vehicles and they're unaware that the vehicle's been in an accident. Mm. So this is probably the most controversial statement guys have. Very cheap vehicle. Jacob mentioned it. Half the price of retail. If the til- deal's too good to be true. It probably yeah. is. 100%. Because Nicole does say, how would I know if the car I'm buying has been in a hectic accident or written off and it has been put back together? So h- how can a person, let's say they, they go to some dealership, they're like, oh, this is great. What verification can they do? So there's not much available over here to the end consumer. I mean, you could go to TransUnion, you could do a check and a history on the vehicle. I think ultimately, if you're not too sure and the deal is too good, get someone with knowledge that can see if the vehicle has been repaired and actually start looking at the vehicle physically. But as I mentioned, all vehicles usually go for a similar market price, and if the car is very cheap, there's a reason why. Okay, Uh, there is a reason why. Uh, Steph, I want to bring you in here. When it comes again, and we're talking extensively with this uh, black market issue, does this mean that you've got to have a tight and good relationship with, uh, with the police? Like your relationship with police, as in they come pretty often to inspect your your, your stock, etc. And then the secondary uh, question I'd like to ask is: Once you've stripped a car completely, what do you do with that uh, chassis or what, what, whatever it is that's left? The remaining the, the remaining skeletons and bones. What do you do with that? Okay, so obviously, in the second-hand goods, you obviously need a, a specific license in order to deal and trade in used vehicle spares. Okay, so obviously you purchase a vehicle, you input the details where you purchased the vehicle from, who your supplier was. Um, that's called your your register. Okay. It's your your secondhand goods register. You have to keep a record of that either digitally or um, manually. Like, manually on a book. Yeah. Then every single part that you basically remove off of that vehicle needs to be marked with an identification. Oh. So you can trace that specific part back to that vehicle. Uh So if we do get an inspection and they do check the part, it's very easy for them to tie that specific part to a certain vehicle with a certain invoice. Okay. Then we have a trace of the part. So if you're talking about black market spares, you you might not get an invoice for the part. Um, You have no real way. So say you've bought a part, you put on your vehicle, you get stopped by the police, they pick up, it's a stolen part. You have no, no way to show or prove where you bought that part from. If you go to a reputable parts dealer, 
at least they've got record where you bought it from, and we can then trace that part back to where we got that car from uh-huh. and that part. And then what do you do with the bare bones of a car? So obviously the vehicle gets stripped down. Everything of salvage will be removed off of the vehicle. When it comes to the shell, we'll get a, a company that will come in. Um, we'll make it, take a record of that vehicle, of the shell, the chassis. Um, they will then pick up the vehicle and they will dispose of that vehicle safely. Then we'll get a certificate that the vehicle's been compressed and uh, follows all rules and regulations. So that becomes scrap metal? It becomes scrap metal. Okay. Um, quick, quick, uh, uh, important question. David says that they have a car, part of a divorce settlement. Long story short, the car got to a part where um, it's sitting on rocks and it's in parts, but he still has to be paying the license disc every year. Mm. So what is he supposed to do? Because it's, it's a nothing now, it's sitting, that he doesn't have to keep renewing the license. Well, part of that question over here, has a divorce settlement been settled? No, so, so he's, <laughs> he's saying because in the divorce settlement, whatever it was, it just got ridden and it's finished now and it's sitting and he now keeps has to paying f- for a license. This. How, in essence, how does he inform the licensing department? This car's not on the road anymore. Why do I need to keep renewing? We'd well, have to deregister the vehicle, the traffic okay. department. So he takes the papers to the traffic department. But well, once again, why doesn't you rather go on, we sell your damaged car and uh, <laughs> sell the vehicle to us and we'll do all the paperwork for you. Errol Levine, COO at Auction Nation. It's the largest salvage auctioning company in South Africa, by the way, Erle Bukhile. And uh, Stefan Ritter, Director at Auto Parts Services in Poissons. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time. And thank you, Jacob.